It's time to gather together. Hi there, I'm Yelta and I'll be buying the first round while we chat about Final Fantasy XIV. This is episode three. Pull up a chair and join us. Let's shoot the shit, guys. So what have we been up to this week? Ruby? Hmm, well, like I promised myself, I was going to be working on my relic this week. So I think I've amassed up to, I think as of now, 56 Alexandrite on my quest for relic completion, which is a small feat. People are laughing at me right now as they listen to this, <laughs> as they hold their Zeta. But I am I am diligently working on the relic. Um, what else? A uh, couple of triad cards this week. I lucked into King Mogglemog while I was trying to do a um, just trials to get more CP to get Alexand. I'm sorry, uh, to get more um, soldiery to get Alexandrite. And then um, I'm trying to get a Shiva cane because they don't exist, but I'm trying anyway. And I got a Shiva card, but no cane. You get a card, but good the card though, right? is good. The card's cool. So I'm up to 64 cards. I I, tr wow. I tried to do the tournament. Well, most of my cards are from NPCs. I've gotten every card from every NPC, so I don't need to play any more NPCs. But I want to do this tournament thing, which you know I I don't have um, 20 people who are willing to lose to me in a tournament. So I don't <laughs> I don't know quite know how I'm gonna get. Get points so high, but I think I have a good set of cards now. I'll I'll at least make a good run of it. So that's my week. Very cool. How about you, Kariri? Um. Well, let's see. My leather worker finally got to fifty, so that's pretty exciting for me. And then I got all of the Beastman Tribe quests completely finished, so that was great too. And then we did some turn 11 tether practice. So that was my whole week. How about you, sis? I got my gilded Magitek amount. So I got my 500 commendations. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. I was trying to farm cards out of trials, though, and they don't exist, I guess. I. <laughs> yeah, I've run like two dozen Sestasha at this point and still don't have that card. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was about it for the week. Oh, I also got my green chicken minion, right? Look out. Oh, very Look cool. Out. Look out. That that fight, I still don't know the mechanics because I've been in there four times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the menu. Let's see what's on the menu for tonight. We have adventures and pre-ordering. I'm sure some of us have pre-ordered. <clears throat> Uh, then there's the Famitsu PAX East interview. It's from, uh, 314. It's a translation. We scouted that out on the bluegarter.com website. Also, what Yoshi P said about the future for Triple Triad tournaments. There's a new dev blog, and we have some dev tracker. Right, the first round, adventures and pre-ordering. Did you pre-order Heavensward, and what version did you get? Well, let's let Ruby go first, because I know the answer. No, I have <laughs> not pre-ordered. I'm not a true fan. I hate this game. Burn it to the ground. No, I just, I haven't pre-ordered, because I know I'm going to get the digital edition. So I'm not really, like, super sweating it. It was on my list of things to do this weekend, but I slept and ate and uh, watch TV, so I didn't have much time to get it pre-ordered online. Um, 
That's a joke. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, anyway, no, but but Cinna is getting as a gift the uh, CE physical package. Her sister's getting it for her. Thank you. And uh, so, well, like I've said in the past, we don't need two dragons at the house. She's getting hers. I'm not too worried about mine. So, yeah, I'm lame. Well, what are you going the di- to get? The what digital uh, collector's edition. Okay. So you'll still get all the in-game right. items. Right, and, and I, I'll still and pre-order the- it. Um, I haven't really determined where I was going to. I mean, I guess it's just from the SE store, right, if you're doing the digital? I don't know. Does GameStop have the digital or no? I don't think you could do digital through them. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't think so. I, I'd like to get... I, I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't do the GameStop one because they've got, like, the wall hanging thing, the banner. Right. Yeah, so yeah. pre-ordering through them, and it looks pretty cool. Did you have any trouble getting your pre-order? I did. It took me about two hours, but I did get mine um, through the Square Enix website. I did get the... Um, the collector's edition with the dragon and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, um, they got flooded, it, which you knew they were going to. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it was not going to work well right out of the gate. Um, but yeah, I I was stupid because I didn't think it through all the way. Um, because I was ordering it, the physical copy, I actually have, I'm having it um, overnighted to me, which is silly because... I don't need it overnighted to me. Oh, yeah, because since you pre-order, we get early access, so they're going to send codes and blah de blah Exactly. Right? right? Okay. Well, I pre-ordered. It took me a while. Uh, luckily, work does not block the Square Enix site. So I sat there and hit F5 and tried to get it in my cart, and then I tried to sign in. But I did get a collector's edition. Uh, I, did, I did get the physical collector's edition. I think Ulf... My husband ordered the PS4, I don't think physical, I don't remember. But uh, I probably will also be getting, because I have two accounts, I'll probably also be getting a pre-order through GameStop. So I'll probably get that that flag wall hanging. What is it? It's something. Yeah, it's probably some kind of wall scroll. They had them, I think, the first, uh, when 2.0 came out. Uh, Realm Reborn. Um, I went to my local GameStop because it was the same time that we had um, PAX Prime um, when Yoshida was up there a few years back during the launch. So I brought mine. That's actually what I got autographed uh, by Yoshida. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Oh, I think somebody sent me one of those. Yeah, it's a really nice like silk wall scroll. (laughs) I don't know what the design for the Heaven Sword one is. I I assume it's probably Derplander and in Dragoon Gear, <laughs> but if not, you know. But mine's cool. I like it. It's a big Rogadin with a sword. It's really nice quality. Um, it's not like it's not the kind that's got the big um, plastic hanger thing on it, the rod. It's just it's just the banner. And then we talked about this last week, uh, but I did find the link. The devs did confirm that users who purchased Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn on Steam, will need to purchase Heaven's Word on Steam as well. Uh, So far, there isn't a pre-order yet. I think they're still working with them to get um, pre-orders and and whatnot. So hang in there. But but if you played through Steam, you're going to have to buy your... Heaven's Word in Steam. Or buy the pack, that's everything. You know, whatever. If you don't want to use Steam anymore. All right, our big news for today is the 
Famitsu, is that how you say that, right? The PAX East interview uh, translation. And there's there's a lot here, guys. So if you want to pause and go to the bathroom and come back. <laughs> Get yourself a drink <laughs> or make it order another drink. This will be a long one. We'll bring you a drink. Uh, this is from the Blue Garter, B-L-U-E-G-A-R-T-R.com site. Thank you, guys. Excellent job. Uh, Yoshida's interviews during PAX. He did at least 19 interviews. Um, asked a lot of what Final Fantasy means to him. And, and it's all chocobos and moogles. And he's not wrong. Chocobos and moogles. Uh, he wants to bring the community together in aspects of 3.0, like running into another free company while doing airship quest content. But that's never been done before. And and I don't know about you, sis, Kariri. I remember... Reading this part of the translation, I swear to God, someone's been reading our blog. Yes. That's, that's one of our dreams for 2.0 was, you know, see another group having trouble fighting a dragon. Go Run help over them and out. Help them. You yeah. Know, you know, and, and uh, there's, that's something that right now that is missing in the game is a lot of open world meaningful interaction right mm-hmm. um there's a lot of people in the open world and we're doing fates and whatever but i mean you know other than occasionally like you know maybe healing someone as you run by or resin there's not a lot of meaningful open world interaction and 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 the way this read it sounds like there might actually be some of that some non-instanced open world helping each other that was like I know I'm going to go into Love Fest for 11 for a second here, but um, I really think what's missing from this game is something like Sky in 11. I really do. Um, One of my favorite things was when we'd go in to fight Kieran or something and another group would be there, they'd run into trouble. So we'd start helping them out. We, you know, that was something we could do. We'd made friends that way or, you know, one group would be farming a pop item. So we'd go over to a different area, you know, just sort of working together in that sort of way um, is missing from this game. And and I think that would be a really great addition. So I, I hope it goes that way. I really do. Sounds to me, what? sorry, Yelta, that it goes back to the old complaint about no overworld NMs and such. And I know later in the interview, we may cover it. Uh, is they talk about going to separate sky islands that may have be full of NMs and running into other people and do NM hunts up there. If that's the kind of stuff, I don't think they could have put into 2.0 because as small as they kind of had to make it, although it was bigger than what 1.0 was in terms of content. um, The space isn't as big as there was the giant expanses of space in 1.0 and like 11 where you could have these open world NMs. So this may be the solution to the no open world NM problem. Problem that so many has have brought up during 2.0. I certainly hope so. All right, release info. Uh, although June 23rd is technically early summer, they had a lot of adjustments to squeeze in. Uh, SE is calling it the SE Spring. <laughs> uh, and, and I know people are giving them a lot of crap that it's not technically spring. I think it was supposed to be. It's it was actually supposed to be after. I know, right? It was supposed to be May 18th was their internal targeted date, apparently. But uh, you know what? I will wait the weeks. If they're if they're saying June 23rd is when it's ready to hit my desk, then that's, well, actually it's June 19th, right? If you pre-ordered. Pre-order. Yeah. That, then, that, then that's the time, right? This is not like eight months late. It's, you know, I... <laughs> 
I'd I don't rather know. have a quality product a month late than a rushed, crappy product with bugs that needs to go under maintenance every 15 mm-hmm. minutes. I, I don't understand the people who complain about things like this. I really don't. Well, and as a software developer, I understand totally why, like, was it Blizzard just doesn't even give dates until they're really done? You know, it's done when it's done kind of thing. It There's there's so much that can go wrong. And as someone also who took a week off to play Heavensward, I want it to be functioning that entire week. So I, I don't mind that it's in June and not May. Right. The Mac version is no different. Uh, they are going to give specs at a later time. The Heavensward trailer and the Heavensward benchmark, they can't show the full trailer right now they have a a sexy trailer ready for us but it spoils patch 2.55 there are things in the trailer that happened before the derplander comes to ishgard and why his expression is so grim yeah he looks pretty uh, badass when he walks in on the scene so apparently there's some backstory there that we come fresh out of 2.5 with uh 2.55 so I'm pretty excited to see what the hell went down to uh, made him put on his his dragoon armor and get all badass on us. <laughs> uh, the full trailer, this is neat. The full trailer is to be broadcast from a theater and will be broadcast from a future letter from the producer live. So apparently they've got this theater and they're going to invite people to come watch it when the rest of the world gets to watch it. And that that's kind of exciting. Yeah, that's something new and just a little different. That'll be fun. Uh, the benchmark is to be released around the Nico Nico Super Conference. So that's April 25th, 26th. So yay. I think they promised us uh, character aura, character creation. And um, the benchmark was supposed to be 13 minutes, but they cut it down to nine. Uh, nine minutes is still a really long time for a benchmark. That's that's pretty I cool. I think the last one was so. just a little over five minutes. Oh, do you guys remember running that over and over and over Mm -hmm. again? (laughs) The benchmark will allow the aura character creation, but will have some limited elements. They're still working on, you know, adding, you know, expanded in Heaven's Word release. And the benchmark will have those elements added at a later point. Uh, You can save the appearance for appearance data for creation so when you log into heaven's word and you use your fantasia you will be able to probably load your saved data so the benchmark will allow you to create your character ahead of time i i love that personally i don't like to feel rushed when i want to get in and get playing even in like 2.0 when i wanted to get in and get playing i didn't want to spend a ton of time working on my character but at the same time I wanted my character to look awesome. Yeah, it sounds to me for the aura, you can make pretty much the character you want. But once you get into Heaven's Ward, there may be a few more hairstyles or, or other elements that you can add and just tweak it at that point. But you can save your aura, aura character uh, ahead of time, so you'll be ready. Well, and this game is happy to sell you Fantasias too, so <laughs> you can change whenever you want. <laughs> They already do have a, a range of appearance styles. They they talked about a female can be like, you know, you know, very, you know, beautiful to more like a succubus. So it it looks like it, to me they can go from like it looked like they can go from like a highlander female, no, midlander female or or even like a 
a kitty girl, very kind of soft and sweet, all the way to sounds like badass and dark. Yeah, and I sexy think they even mentioned that their their facial expressions will be more pronounced. They'll be, I, I guess, you can you can really see the expressions or or pre make them with some solid expressions. I guess like you could make the guys all like really angry looking, which I think is kind of what they're going for. Like for the dudes, they want them like all kind of hulking and badass and just pissed off looking. That's what I gathered. It It's going to be interesting. I I do hope someday they go around then when they have more time and, and give us a few more options for the classic, I'll say now, races. So that'd be nice. Yeah, once we see what they're talking about with the aura, I think it'll be... Well, anything more is always better. So <laughs> more options is they good. They probably won't give yeah, us more options. as many options with like the horns and stuff because. Nah, well, we don't have. Well, I'm just stuff. saying, like, I think they spent a long time trying to tweak all the other equipment to make these horns work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they did. They did talk in the interview about adapting uh, all the equipment for the aura horns. And that'll be cool. It'll be cool. Ishgarda. Many of the NPCs have moved to Ishgard, it sounds like, or will move to Ishgard. Uh, that will be the base of activities for the Warriors of Light. Uh, Sid, possibly Rowena, Geralt will move somewhere. So I think that's going to be weird. That Well, I guess Rowena moved a couple times already. That that shouldn't be too surprising. Geralt will move. That that seems odd to me. I, he he lives he lives in the North Shroud. I, I don't think, think right? I don't think he'll specifically move to Ishgard. I think they're just going to move his base of operations somewhere else in Aorzia, or they're talking oh, about moving okay. him. Well, you know, and there's this isn't spoiler spoilers for anybody, or I won't give any. I'm not even quite there yet, but apparently in the Relic storyline, you get to find out a lot more about Geralt's and Rowena's past relationship. And why why there's some tension there. So I don't think they would want to move to the same city. Oh, oh, oh. that makes sense sense from a story, yeah, context there. Um, yeah, what what the exact answer that Yoshi P gave in the translation was that Gerald's constantly on the move to try to make the ultimate furnace. So you may see him move as well. As far as this goes and the story with it, you'll find out more in the future. Um, but yeah, it sounds, I, I think it makes sense and it's kind of nice to have some friendly faces going with us and, you know, considering Rowena's position in the storyline, it kind of makes sense that she would be with us in this too. Oh yeah. Who she is and what she does. And, and Sid too. I couldn't imagine, well, I couldn't imagine Sid not wanting to go there he'd never been there before rowena you know she's gonna go where the adventures are going i think when sit especially with the airships Mm -hmm. it just it just makes sense i mean it just from a story perspective for him to have um something to do with the airships and you know the heavens were going in the sky it just makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and it sounded like the Scions or what's left of the Scions and um, some people from Charlea are actually are coming as well. And I think they've quite hinted at um, a character from Final Fantasy V, Kryle, um, be, uh, making an appearance at some point. So I fully expect her to, to show up somewhere in this Ishgard storyline. Well, and they also discussed, I think it's somewhere in the interview, that 
there's still going to be storyline reasons and there's still going to be reasons to go back to our original three starting cities. They're, they're not dead to us. They're, you know, <laughs> there's a reason to go back. Um, well, and even, uh, we'll talk about it probably later, but, uh, you know, our airships, our free company airship stuff will still be happening at our house. So we're still going to teleport back to our house. We're still going to go back and visit the old, old places. Speaking of old places, uh, some of us were, are very, some of us 1.0 players have been really kind of waiting to see when we're going to get some of our old areas back, such as Falcon's Nest. There's a lot of zones in Corthus that don't exist right now. And it sounds like we're getting some of that back. That that's that's exciting to me. Me too. I I loved seeing in Ishgar. Or I'm sorry, in Mordona, um, the old camp Revenant's Tall. Although it makes me sad every time I pass it because oh. it's destroyed. Yeah. Um, I I want to see old areas come back for me. So it's really cool that we'll see the Falcon's Nest uh, back in the game. The Chocobo lore in three point you know, whatever series uh, is going to include a village that makes its living by hunting chocobos. And they, they talked about chocobo forests. And so I think we're going to see uh, right now in the game, it's not as rare as in 1.0, but in 2.0 chocobos are very rare and limited. So uh, I think it's going to get more interesting in heaven's Ward with, uh, you know, flying chocobos and there's going to be more chocobo lore. There's going to be lore about the seven dragons, including, I don't even know Nidog. what Nidhogg. Edder could tell you. There's a lot of dragons <laughs> chomping at the bit to see where Nidhogg oh. comes in because he's all up in the... But is it, No, that's the warrior storyline I think he's in. I think that's yeah, the warrior Yeah, yeah, but even so, I mean, it's, uh, it's been hinted at quite a bit and we haven't, we haven't seen that dragon yet, so he's coming. Now, the seven dragons... How many sons did... It's seven that uh, from mid to Zormer. Are, are, are those these are his these seven are the seven I think that oh, they're for, talking about. Okay. So um, Nidog, uh, Tiamat, um, they're going to tell a. I think it's a backstory of Bahamut, like how he how he got imprisoned. I think I, I'm trying not to say too much spoilers. I'm like, is that a spoiler? Should I say that? No, but how Bahamut got um, imprisoned, I think, is going to be a side story or a backstory that's going to be um, talked about. Well, and as someone who's in Final Coil, and I don't know how much they're going to tell us in the rest of Final Coil because I'm not there yet, there yet. But that there's there's stuff that happens that I, I would like to hear more about, and I'm, and, you know, you know who is Bahamut and where it did he come very from? And why did this it's sh- getting very yeah. dragony, which makes sense <laughs> because we're getting into some dragony content with 3.0. So you know it it. Even though it's not required to do some of these dungeons, it's it's probably pretty good if people work on Coil. Uh, maybe it's good that they're dropping some of those barriers so people can see the story of Coil because it's getting very dragony. Yeah, I'm hoping everyone can get caught up with Coil, us especially, you know, <laughs> before before 3.0 comes out. You know, I'd like to I'd like to have that uh, ending to to. 2.0. I'd like to have that closure on the storyline from Meteor to now. You know, I, I think that would be great going into Heaven's Word. And, and I, I do, I am okay with them, you know, putting it in Duty Finder and, and eventually, you know, adding, um, 
echo and things so that everyone else has a chance to see how it ends as well. Speaking of the ending, we're also going to have Omega. I, I don't know much about Omega. I just know that that in other games was one of the weapons. Right, right. right. And there is an old lore. I, th- I think it even goes back to Final Fantasy 1. I, I know in 5, but Omega has some kind of war or eternal struggle against the dragon Shinrayu, which could possibly be one of the seven dragons that's also talked about. So it would really would really make sense if Shinrayu shows up at the same time Omega shows up. Oh, interesting. Well, on to job specifics. Uh, there will be adjustments to spell speed and skill speed. We've been watching during, they've been watching during two point, the two patches, and they're ready, ready to make tweaks, and they, it's going to have some sort of effect on dots. I'm, I'm excited by this. Um, I, I, I'm still a little confused on specifically what some, you know, um, your skill speed does for me. I understand technically what it does for me, but it really seems underwhelming sometimes. I think they purposely made those two stats underwhelming. They mentioned in the interview not adding things like haste, which was readily apparent whenever the game came out. Like, where's haste? Nobody mm-hmm. got haste. But haste is so broken. If you played 11... You know that if you didn't bring haste to a party that, you know, are you needed? Everybody had to have haste. I was a red mage in 11. <laughs> they loved, And you were relegated to haste I was bitch. haste bitch. Well, dispel bitch as well, but, <laughs> but haste bitch for sure. And, um, you know, haste is a thing that gets heavily leaned on. So spell speed, skill speed, I think was gimped on purpose. And they said that they just really wanted to sit back and watch and see how it went during the during all of 2.0 and not make any changes to it. And now they feel ready to make the changes necessary to pump it up, make it, make it a better stat, something that you can mix in there and, and, and I don't know, uses a different playing style than the others. Cause right now I'm a white mage. So I look at it as, well, I can use spell speed or I can use determination. I'm kind of icky on crit, although some play crit, um, but that determination spell speed, normally I'd probably take more determination than spell speed, but they're kind of like, eh, and it'd be nice to go, well, I have a crit build and this is why I have a determination build and this is why I have a yeah. spell speed build and this is why, and I'll be honest, I'm building my relic towards spell speed. This is prior to this announcement. I've been trying to build it towards spell speed and I'm ready to make that commitment now because I really want to see what my speed stick will do in the future. Yeah, it's kind of exciting. I mean, it is all about balance, and it sounds like that's entirely what it was, you know, them essentially gimbing spell speed was about. It was 100% about balance, but um, what he did say is that they would need to considerably increase the importance of spell speed. So, so it, it sounds like it's going there, and I think that's going to be exciting to see what that does for us. Well, I feel like all the secondary stats are kind of meh. So yeah. when you are when you are like you know deciding what how to build your relic, it it's 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 kind of meh. So uh, I do appreciate them though wanting in to watch us for the last year and a half. Yeah, be like yeah. I, I agree with that because when I look at builds for relics, you you predominantly get you need to build it like X because if you build it like anything other than X, then bleh. 
And you want somebody to be like, no, I built it like Y and this is why. No, I built it like Z and this is why I built it that way. So you have mm -hmm. options, not just the cookie cutter road. Well, we always just put all our points into mind. Oh, we always just put all our points into blah. It's yeah, it's very linear at this point. It's not it's not branching. It's not there aren't options. It's it's essentially you do it this way and that's it. And I would love to have more options. Uh, that's like that goes back to, you know, like having different stats on different kinds of equipment. Like I would love something that would, you know, buff my flash. I would love something that would, you know, up one of my skills when I put this piece of equipment on. It, it's it, it, I think it would be a good addition to the game, that sort of thing. But um, in lieu of that, I, I do like the idea of making our secondary stats more important. Well, and I very much feel like as far as that stuff goes, that uh, 2.0 was kindergarten. And I'm hoping that Heaven's Ward means we graduate to first grade. That we, and I say that because there are they tried purposely to attract people who had not played MMOs and and, and whatnot, and and the, the, I'm really hoping in Heaven's Ward we get a little bit more. Well, now you know what you're doing. Now we'll take the kid gloves off. Yep, that's what I want. Definitely. All right, uh, Dark Knight going to be MP management. Uh, but they, they talked very a lot about a dark, the power of darkness and a darkness buff. Uh, I'm totally behind them not using hit points like Cecil because a tank, a, a tank in an MMO anyway, uh, using your hit points as a mm -hmm. power source. That doesn't make healers no. happy. It's dangerous. <laughs> healers, healers get really sad thinking about that. Astrologian will have two stances, moon and star. Uh, the exact translations aren't perhaps, you know, fully decided on, I guess. But uh, uh, it will apparently be, in one stance, pure healing, more like a white mage, and barrier, more like a scholar. Uh, it will draw and hold cards. They're still adjusting the MP costs. Uh, they haven't decided whether or not uh, drawing cards will use MP. That sounds interesting. I'm hoping it's not OP. I hope it just blends well with everything else. But if you're an eight man content and you have, I would love this. If, when I'm in eight man content and there's another white mage, I'm like, man, I kind of wish I could switch to scholar. So I think that's, that's what the two stances are for. It's Cause so that would, they will, uh, blend well. Yeah, I think so too. You see a lot of uh, party finder content that, limits you like one white mage one scholar and there's a lot of times i get on party finder to look for work and all the white mage slots are filled and i don't i don't play scholar so i could play um, astrologian and fill a role or i could just level up a scholar <laughs> and do that <laughs> embrace the fairy mm. and she'll embrace you that's true machine it will <laughs> her ability is that's embraced true. Machinist, it's going to be similar to Bard. It's going to be like a ranged kind of DPS. Uh, you're going to place attack or defense mode turrets, which makes me think of wow. Was it which one? Was it shaman? You could like place shaman, your totems. Yeah. I, I loved that. So, like, actually, <laughs> Machinist was not looking good to me, but this sounds interesting. Uh, you can change attachments on the fly that and 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 
it will use a charge but can be interrupted and you will somehow reload your ammunition that that sounds cool mm -hmm. uh, for the new jobs the starting levels won't be at level one but it won't be 50 they use Warcraft as an example but you know as they say Warcraft is an older game and someone just joining now there's a lot of bullshit to get to level is it 80 now yeah it'd be a struggle to catch up quickly and yeah relevant mm -hmm. yeah i think what what so, they wanted to do was not necessarily make new players start at 50 because they would be just too op i th they're probably mm -hmm. gonna look at 30 so they'll be high enough to get into higher level things like i guess start real quest line stuff but won't have to um, be too far back and have to go through a bunch of bullshit, get bored and quit because they can't play with their friends. That, that was my big guess was 30 since they're not going to have classes. They're only going to have jobs. That, yep. Yep. That, that 30 would be the place that would make sense to me. That's exactly what I was thinking too. And I, I guess I don't mind. Uh, I, it sounds like you're pretty much going to have to play through the storyline to do much in Heavensward anyway. So I can see not making a brand new player level to 50, do Heavens, do everything up to Heavensward, and then then also have, having to level certain number of levels on the new jobs. So that makes sense. We're also getting uh, level 3 limit breaks specific to each job uh the, yay i know right bard is gonna get a dps level three limit break guys finally thank god okay. fucking finally um i mean how many times <laughs> have you been in just a a dungeon party finder duty finder and the i was in one yesterday it was a paladin a white mage and two bards I, what are yep. you gonna do mm -hmm. happens no... all the time Astrologian will get Celestial Stasis, which is similar to Galaxy Stop from Final Fantasy Tactics. Yes. It sounds like it's kind of like a time stop, and they said that that would be really too OP. So it kind of looks like a time stop, but not. It's not really going to stop. Everybody time. gets healed. It looks like it, and then mm -hmm. that's all. I I hope all the level three limit breaks look badass. They better. They better. Job-specific equipment. You're going to get new job-specific equipment at level 60. They're Amano-style themes. Um, there's going to be... Let's talk... Wait. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, we watched the videos. I think we talked about it last week. But I thought, for the most part, the job-specific equipment looked really, really cool. Yeah. I'm very yeah. excited. Sour side. <laughs> for the mo yeah. For the most part... Um, there's also going to be more horizontal gear choices going forward, and I hope they mean meaningful ones, right? So I, I don't want to buy a token piece of equipment, a piece of token equipment, and then get a drop horizontally, but it's but it's instantly inferior. So which well, that would be vertical. But so I'm hoping that there's going to be you know actually more stuff to choose from. That's you know useful. This makes this makes more sense with the previous comment about spell speed and skill speed because if they really do make these secondary stats better or more pronounced, then 
having more options with better choices um, gives you more of a play style and you don't feel far behind behind the other equipment. And then later things that they talk about in this interview that we'll cover, but they talk about making, and this is specifically crafters and graf- uh, gatherers, but I think it could work for the rest of the, the game, is where the apex for gear equipment or eye level equipment is still the same. It's still this the same zenith, but you've got a longer pyramid, I guess, to get to the top, a wider pyramid. So you've got more choices at the base, but your your top-level gear is going to be your raid, raid equipment. It is going to be the highest-level stuff, but you'll have more ladder steps to get there and more of a wider base to get there. So there will be more, more choices. You won't feel pigeonholed or far behind when, when new gear comes out. Uh, and I think it's just going to be better overall for the community. It will get rid of cookie-cutter-looking people. Now, the glamour system's great. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really hoping there's, there's quite a few things to choose from. They do talk about the Alexander raid and how hard mode will be the strongest gear and the highest and higher than raid gear in the past. Yeah, I think that's just a bigger difference in eye level than what the coil gear was to other. Because uh, it's just like we've been saying, you get a coil weapon that's like, what, I-130 or 135 or something. But then you also have other equipment like Ironworks weapon and stuff, which is similar. It's like, well, I can get tomes for this, or I can do the hardest raid in the game and get this. And they're both kind of the same. I mean, one may have a couple more yeah. stats than the other, but the same eye level. I think what they're talking about mm-hmm. here is... If you do the raid and you beat the raid and you get the raid weapon, that is the best weapon. You're not going to get enough tomes to get something as good as that, which is what I like. I mean, I want a shiny toy, a shiny be. toy that says my dick is bigger than yours. I mean, isn't <laughs> isn't that the point? Oh, uh, well, and I know it's uh-huh. an unpopular position with <laughs> I know it's an unpopular position with a lot of people, but I really really think the best gear should be from the hardest content whether that hardest content is you know a raid or having to craft an item for yourself there are games that do that too mm-hmm. or or you know like a relic if, if like upgrading your relic to its ultimate form is harder than raiding then that should be the highest you know what? Whatever you should, but you should never be able to buy best in slot off the auction house. That's bullshit. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, this brings me back to my big problem with hunts. It's like I should not be able to get an item from a hunt that is only otherwise available in the hardest content in the game. It just it it you should you should be rewarded correctly or equally for for beating the hardest content in the game or you should not be able to for instance run a dungeon you know for a couple weeks and get an equivalent item that just it's it's the rewards do not equal the um effort, effort. yeah and yeah. and that's yep. the part that really bothers me yeah cuz cuz running hard mode dungeons a thousand times is still not harder than beating final coil and the rewards should not be the same. Speaking of raids, Alexander, it will be staggered after launch by two weeks. I think we talked about this last week. Um, I think we were all in favor of this. I, they want people to be able to focus on the game 
focused on completing the content, the storyline, you know, unlocking and leveling new jobs, leveling old jobs, and not feel like they have to level up their main gear up and so you can get into Alexander as soon as possible. Yeah, I am a fan of this idea, definitely. I like it too. And it seems like Yoshida might have gotten I wouldn't call it heat, but just a lot of questions on this of why he he wanted to do it. But I think his explanation is perfect. He even talks about uh the the high-end raid groups that probably have members that want to actually play the game just a little bit before their commanding officers tell them to get back into the raids. I mean, as much as as much as people want to do the raid content and be first in sl- uh, first on server and all that, there, there is an element of, I want to be able to play the game a little bit and enjoy it first. And I'm sure the developers want people to enjoy a game and not just rush the stuff and then a month later be like, I have nothing to do. Uh, I think it's just better for the community overall. Well, I also like the idea that we all get to go through the storyline kind of together as opposed to I am spending so much time in Alexander that all this shit is getting spoiled for me in all these different link shell chats because everybody else is doing the storyline while we're stuck in here ramming our heads against new content, you know, as opposed to just doing storyline stuff. Or it, it just... I do like the idea of, you know, everyone taking their time a little bit to watch the cutscenes and not be nasty to everyone else. And, you know, that that maybe it'll take away not entirely because, frankly, a lot of people are just trolling dicks, but it'll take away a little of the urgency. Anything that keeps you from being or from feeling like you're being told to skip the cutscenes is good in my mind. So I, I want to take those two weeks. I want to be ready for Alexander as soon as heaven, heaven's words out, but you know, as soon as possible, but I, I feel like it will take some of that pressure off that I won't cut, you know, skip cutscenes. I won't have to, you know, not eat or sleep so I can, you know, gear up and unlock Alexander. So I, I'm for well, that. We- and we also do have, you know, all of this other stuff aside, all the new quests and new mounts and new storyline and all that. We have to level our main right. up 10 levels. And I don't think it's going to be hard to get to 60. I think if you do the storyline or whatever a bit, you'll probably get half half of the way there anyway. And just doing the mm-hmm. stuff, you'll get there. But it, it's... I don't want to have to be like, okay, guys, we need to run dungeons until we're 60 for the next two, three hours. And then we'll, let's let's get ready to go into the raid tomorrow night i I don't want that rush to have to get to 60 let me do the story collect the experiences i do the story get to 60 by the end of the story or just a little bit after and then in a couple weeks let's let's try alexander i yeah exactly i want to enjoy the experience i want to I want to watch the cutscenes. I want to read the quests. I know a lot of people, even in our free company, we have people like, why would you read that shit? I don't understand. And I'm like, why would you not? It's what makes the game. Well, those same people are like, oh, have you guys tried Hildebrand? It's hilarious. Like, yeah, we told you. (laughs) We told (laughs) told you a long time ago to try that. Yeah. Well, in our, our coil static, actually, you know, we, we decided this week that, the, we run Coil on Tuesdays. The patch comes out, 2.55 comes out on Tuesday. And we just said, you know what? Let's take that night off. 
let's let you rest, relax, enjoy the story, and not feel like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to log in and do coil. So enjoy, enjoy it, enjoy the game. Not, it's not all end game. You should let your EP and rest occasionally. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah if, if it's if it's up for more than four hours, let it cool off. To... That's right. Call a doctor. <laughs> Call a doctor. <laughs> There's going to be new Beast Tribe quests. They're also going to be staggering those. So uh, either like 3.05 or 3.1. There's going to be new new tribes. New dailies, whatnot. I, I appreciate this too. Don't give me a daily until I'm almost bored. You know what I mean? The dailies should really keep me coming back. Right. It should give you something else not, to work yeah. for, not like right out the gate, something I have to do on day one. Yep. There's going to be new tribes, new flying mounts. That's an S. There's I. So our, I'm wondering if all the new beast tribes are going to give you flying mounts. That's kind of cool. We're also going to have a new Zodiac weapon saga in 3.1. I also appreciate that not being in 3.0. <laughs> um, people won't have to do whatever strange bullshits involved with a Zodiac weapon on day one. It's going to be similar to the current relic. They can't give much info right now. I think now. they were asked, like, is it still going to be, like, fetching this and doing this? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's still going to be time. Totally. I think it's kind of just like the Zodiac weapon is kind of like the Beastman tribe quests to me. It's 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 when they're between storyline when they're you know when things slow down like like yelta said when when you start getting bored when there's not enough to do then they give you you know beastman tribes to do daily to keep you logging in they give you zodiac weapon stuff to keep you logging in and running content and and i don't mind that i think that's a good thing you know when well, it's like me, you know, for a while there, I, I, I play in spurts. I really do. You know, I will play like gung-ho crazy for three months and then I will be on only for coil for a couple months and then I will be gung-ho crazy for three months and so on and so forth. Well, like right now, what got me back was that I started doing the um, Ixali crafting and gathering um, Beast Tribe quests. I wanted, I wanted to... Um, get that done. I wanted to finish it because I'd finished all the other beast beastman tribe quests. And um it just gives you a reason to log in. And once you're logged in, you usually find twenty other things to do while you're on. It's <laughs> you the, can never log out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So so I, I like that it's that sort of thing. I don't mind that it's not something different. Well, it's all about the pacing. It's all about the rhythm. It's all, you know, the, initially when you play a new patch, I always feel like, oh my God, I will log in for four hours every day. I can't imagine not logging in. And, 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 you know, after a couple of weeks, then you're like, okay, you know, whatever. So, so if they, if they like hold off some of those things till, you know, week two or three or, or, or the first month or whatever. Okay. Now there's this, you know, maybe a mini patch now you can do this and now you can do that so uh get us logged in that's that's all it takes and, and you know usually by the time i log in and do my beast tribe dailies you know four people have asked me for help and then i remember i wanted to do seven other things 
Well, um, if you're really bored, there's another area that they had added to help with the boredom. (laughs) And they may just add some more stuff to it, but they're being really tight-lipped of what the next tier or pillar that they're going to add to the gold saucer. The gold saucer, as it is right now, is completely addictive. There's still tons of people in there every time I go. And I, you know... They, they talked in the interview about hypothetical responses to snowboarding questions, right? So we all remember the gold saucer and older games. There's snowboarding in, is the big thing that is not currently in our, in our gold saucer. Yoshida is a snowboarder and would like specific elements if snowboarding is added. I honestly, as a person who doesn't know anything about real-life snowboarding, talked about a lot of things that I don't understand, but he... He sounded excited. I wonder if we, I bet we get oh, snowboarding Oh, I, I mean, to me, someday. there's like, let me count here. It looks like there's like <laughs> five questions about snowboarding on here. And there are yeah. very specific answers like, um, if, uh, let's see. Well, if you like it in real life, don't you? If you were propose it, what kind of contact, uh, content? And he talks about uh, the board would be either be rocker or camber. I don't even know what that means. Um, based on the warp yeah. and the edges, you'd be able to, there'd have to be different courses, right? Well, there couldn't be just a half pipe in Alp, Alpine. There'd have to be different because of the different board types. You'd have to be able to make, put your own illustrations and be able to paint it. It's like, wow, you thought a lot about this for something that's <laughs> probably not going to be in the game. Hmm. Yeah. The, the whole, the whole conversation looks to me like it would have been with a, giant shit-eating grin. And oh, a there's wink, a big wink, wink that happened. I mean, it, right it was there. <laughs> I mean, after almost every thing, almost every question or answer, there is, in parentheses, the word laughs. Um, they, 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 were, they were playing. And, you Somehow know, this it, leaked, and this, this journalist, or they kind of hinted to him, this journalist used it and ran with it and got the answers he wanted. So, pretty cool. There were also uh, discussion about crafting and gathering. I know not all of us are into crafting and gathering, but I'm excited. Uh, the armor system is so wide for crafters that it loses its reward factor. So specializations are designed to fix this or slow it down. So uh, the problem with crafting seems to be in 14 that really you have to level them all, right? And you have to gear them all out separately. Uh, there is like an artisan set that helps with some of it, but it's, you know, whatnot. So it sounds like we're going to have specialization in what we can make. But then at the same time, it kind of read that there was still there was going to be something that made it a little bit easier to be all crafters. But still focus on something specialization-wise. I'm still uh, confused about the specializations because it sounds like you can be specialized and it would take a lot of time to change your specializations. But you could have multiple specializations. So I'm still waiting to see how they flesh this out if they do something similar. And you had suggested this before the podcast, Yelta, like the books that they had in 1.0. If they were going to have something where you could specialize in hat making or something else. Um, if it'll be a point system, kind of like 11's skill point thing after you had capped. I, I don't know, and I'm just waiting to see when they when they release more info on this, because it's to me it's a little confusing. Well, they, you know, we have a point system right now with desynthesis. I really feel like desynthesis was kind of them saying 
let's see how the players react if we limit them, right? Are they going to lose their fucking minds or are they going to say, okay, I by choosing three things, I become more powerful in those three things because not everyone can do everything. And that's kind of one of the issues with crafting right now is if you have all your crafters to 50 and you're decently geared out, you can make anything in the game. Which would, right? Yeah, and this kind of fits what they're saying. Where you, let's say, because like desynthesis, you can have three desynthesis raised all the way, and then a little points in a couple other ones. So maybe it's something like that, where you can level up three three crafts or three specializations up to a certain point. But the expensive part would be if you want to relinquish those points and put them in another. Maybe it costs certain gill, and maybe you have to level from one up again for whatever new tier. So it would be it would be time consuming, but you could have multiple ones at cap. That's my whole thing on this. Is I, I actually like the idea of specialization. Don't get me wrong. I am on you. I'm with you guys on this, but I, I have been reading a little and for to play devil's advocate for a second. One of the selling points, one of the major differences of, of this game versus other um, MMOs is that you can have one character. You don't make multiple characters. You make one character and you do it all on that one character. Um, what would you say to people who think that this would be making that harder? I can still have level 60 everything, but I then have to make choices and I don't think that's a problem. Especially if it doesn't mean I'm locked out forever. So right now I have one character, but I can only be in one grand company. Right? So I can only be in the Adders, or I can be in Maelstrom, or I can be in the Flames at one time. But I have the freedom to switch. I could switch to Maelstrom tomorrow if I wanted to. And I probably will because I need those minions. Um, so... <laughs> So and that's and that's really kind of where they saved themselves with this comment. You can't be everything in the entire fucking game today, but you have the ability to switch and switch back and yeah. you still can do it all in one character, just not all at the same time. Uh Kariri, uh, I would say to that the same response I would have used to people coming from um the old old 1.0 days into Yoshida's 1.0. Meaning that at one time you could do and be anything and wear anything you wanted. And as much fun and cool as that idea sounded, it was horrible. It did not work. And Yoshida yes. came along and he, he made certain specific types do certain specific things. But he left the armory system in place and he left the class system in place and how i look at the gathering or the crafting now is that your your base crafting your tier one through four star whatever you've got now one through three star um you being able to make mats will still be able to carry over into 3.0 you'll still be able to to level all those up to 60 and make whatever mats that that are needed the crafting is the specialization like putting a job stone on it you can only make this high level high end equipment if you have this specialization you can make all the other mats and all the other base level stuff you want to but if you want to make this special hat or this special sword or this special type of wood you need to be specialized in this and if i have any faith in what yoshida did for the 1.0 class system i i'm going to believe this is going to be a betterment to the crafting system going forward 
Oh, I agree. I think one of the most horrific things about 1.0 was the existence of mud classes. Everything was a mud class because everyone was a healer. Everyone could raise. Everyone could, you know, damage. Everyone could do anything, any role, and that takes away from all of them. You know, that doesn't enhance all of them. That takes away from and all of them. And if everybody can make golden-laden special wood... How am I supposed to make a good profit off of it? Exactly. No, I agree completely. Well, in 1.0, a weaver could save the world, too, pretty much. Uh, yes, through parlay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Through, yeah, and that, and that sucked, honestly. It really <laughs> did. How are you supposed to have enormous weight-bearing weight storyline quests? How are you supposed to save the world... How are you supposed to fight the big battles without picking up a sword or casting a spell? It, it just, it didn't make sense. And I am truly glad that they moved away from that. Well, gatherers will also have more variety and things to get. There will be more economic contribution. It sounds like they're going to have a system too. We're going to have some sort of red and blue coins will be some sort of new currency. They're going to be obtained through non-high-quality turn-ins called collection goods. And we have a lot of turn-ins today. We have Beast Tribe turn-ins. We have Free Company turn-ins. Um, it sounds like it's going to be another system maybe similar to that. There's going to be something, and we talked about this earlier before the, we started recording the podcast. Uh, we're a little confused. Uh, there's some sort of talisman system for new hidden gathering known, nodes. And those new hidden gathering nodes will be stuff for airships right so none of us are going to log in on the first day of heaven's ward and build an airship it sounds like we're going to have to you know jump through the hoops and and you know do do what we need to do to be able to actually gather and craft that new stuff uh the talisman system especially was confusing to me at I think that was the one that sounded like it was some sort of physical item, but at the same time you were limited on your specialization. Couldn't tell if it's a consumable (laughs) that's going to be used to open up these new nodes so you can see it. It it sounded like there would be multiple types that could be used in different fields, Um, but we don't know if it's a permanent item or if it's a consumable item. Well, they talked about teleportation and as far as teleportation consumable item uh we don't have at what was it called atherite tickets or no 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 in 1.0 what was it called we had a whole different oh anima yeah was it anima and um and and now in 2.0 we do have you know some things will give you etherite tickets so but you consume them you can use them and consume them so is it a physical item that i use it and now i can see this node or well, one of you two mentioned too the comparison of you can get the crafting or gathering books from your grand company and use those for added experience points. Um, maybe it was it would be something like this. These talismans would be something we could buy um, and use them instead of getting added experience points. They would make hitting gathering nodes show up. Something like that. Very well could be. Whatever it is, I'm excited. <laughs> I love gathering probably more than crafting, and I, I just I love being able to gather items for people and anything that uh, 
lets me do that. I did start crafting though because I wasn't making as much money doing gathering stuff as I would crafting. I reasoned that, you know, I go out and I grab a bunch of, um, uh, let me use an example, something that actually sells, um, some gold ore. And um, I could sell the gold ore, but if I could make the gold nuggets, whatever, rose gold nuggets, um, I could make a lot more money selling those. And for a little while I was, cause, and I switched to crafting so I could make some money off of it. It'd be nice if a gatherer could just make some decent money without having to have the crafter involved to, to soup it up. I was really surprised, especially when chocobo food items were in the gathering areas. I was really surprised how quickly the stuff you could only gather once an hour tanked in price. I expected to be able to make money with that for a few days at least until people all figured it out. So I'm hoping there was something. Now, no, I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't know, overprice my goods, but I feel like if I could specialize, maybe I could, you know, actually make some money. Okay, airship content. There's going to be some sort of airship content, but we've all known this forever. We're going to have basement workshops in our free company houses, and we're going to be able to design the workshop itself. I think in an earlier letter they showed that how do you make an airship in your basement? There's some sort of item that actually miniaturizes it, and, and that sounds cool. There's going to be specs for each airship. Uh, we can have four airships at first for each free company. So of our four airships, we're going to have to pick, you know, the fuel, the sail. There's going to be ranks from high to low. Um, it sounds like there's going to be different parts involved in building your airship. And you're, you're going to have to make some decisions on it. Is this going to be a fast airship? Is this going to be an airship maybe that can carry a lot of goods? You know, so that, that's really, really exciting. I hope it's like building a gummy <laughs> ship from... <laughs> oh, I thought of that from, too. Uh, what, what's that called? What's that game? <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, yes. Yeah, yeah. What what came into my mind with the airships when they were talking about um, picking one thing versus the other and picking where randomly it would go out or whatever on the sky map exploration, I was thinking of retainers that you pick, you know, if they're going out for five minutes or an hour or they're going out for 18 hours. And, you know, if you have better equipment or lower equipment and I... The system sounded kind of similar to me. I don't know why it struck me that way. I mean, if that's the case, where you send out yeah. adventurers to do your to do your dirty work, and they come back within an hour and tell you, I mean, yeah, the retainers are like that, but they're not really like, here's what happened, boss, and they give like the synopsis of the thing, and you get like a really cool weapon or something based on where they go. So I would like something more like tactics, and this sounds like it. And I thought of the retainer thing, too. I think it sounds like the initial rollout of airships will be kind of like us sending our retainers out. And and whatever, you know, how we build it will affect what comes back and what they tell us. And then later, we're going to be able to actually board the ship and go look for the islands. And then there's going to be battleship content and whatnot. So that's very exciting. It sounds like we're going to be able to take people with us someday, outside of our free company even, and we'll be able to use the party finder to recruit people, you know, so that that sounds really cool to me, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm really this entire airship content sounds very exciting. We don't know a ton about it yet, really, but I I just hope I'm not dreaming bigger than they're planning. Future patches. 
each major patch will be on a larger scale than it is now. So there might be three months between patches and ma major patches. Um, they're designing for a lot of content. There's going to be a new raid to replace the Crystal Tower, and it will alternate with Alexander, like uh, Crystal Tower and Coil does now. So every other, I, I do hope that they, they don't, it still feels like the cycle is way too short. It seems like I can get a CT drop that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, um, but we talked about that earlier. Uh, they're thinking of l allowing a smaller number of people into Duty Finder content for a challenge, especially for old stuff, stuff that people aren't running. You know, maybe let's try four manning some eight man stuff. That that sounds exciting to me too. Uh, they talked about having some sort of time attack fights for like Super Titan EX. Oh my god, that sounds terrifying. It sounds really scary. Terrifying. I know somebody who would run it constantly though if they. They put it out. I, I think I yeah, know her name. I, I think I might know her. <laughs> well, that's it for that interview. It was a long one. Um, I do suggest people go read it in its entirety. We obviously can't cover it all here. There was also some more news about the future for Triple Triad tournaments. Uh, we talked about this last week that uh, Triple Triad tournaments are a little bit... Gross. Broken, I was going to say. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, there's everything from, you know, losing on purpose than winning and, and, you know, losing to your friends so they can win. And there's some issues. Uh, Yoshi P did respond on the forums about this, uh, the future for triple triad tournaments. Uh, he, t he first apologized for the lack of adjustments thus far. Uh, <laughs> they have, people have, have a couple of issues and they have a request and he's responded to each of those. The first issue is the effort required to build a competitive tournament deck. I know I felt this acquiring triple triad cards is a demanding task. And then this, this in turn discourages people from participating in tournaments without at least 30 cards. So it's really hard to build effective You're not going to win with decks. 30 cards. I'm just telling you that no, now. You better have 60 because no. you're not going to win yep. with 30. <laughs> so to improve the situation, they're going to be looking into reducing the match difficulty for NPCs who reward cards, thus making it easier to reach the 30-card threshold. Uh, my personal thing is it, that's not my problem. It's it's the drops coming from dungeons and trials. I, I hope they would give them a little buff. Right. Yeah. Or the hard. I, that that would be. Nice I haven't too. I haven't done a lot with the dungeons, but I get more cards through extremes than I do hard. And I was under the impression they had the same rate of drop, but maybe I'm wrong about that. It'd be nice if that was increased for the hard modes at least. Then I could run trials and get cards while I was doing it. Maybe it's working for other people, but I'm I'm not having as good a luck. No luck have zero luck with drops from dungeons for cards so far so <laughs> the second issue is the loss of motivation to continue playing when there's little chance of placing in the top ranks so even if you I don't, how many plays do you, you get, get 20 well the last okay this one's called the spinners pool it just started there's 20 plays the last one and i had these down and i lost it um the last one i believe was 15 plays for it so um 
you get a different number of plays. However, the last one didn't have any rules, and this one has, like, I think it's random and three open. Um, so that one, <laughs> it's just funny. When you look at the boards, you see people, like, way at the top with, like, 2,400 points, 2,400, 2,300. And you go to the NPCs, and I try to do the math and see how much you can win off of each one. And the king, what did I write down for the king? He might have been, like, 74. Um, he might have been a little higher than that. But even if you beat him, and I'm not sure how the bonus comes into effect, but even if you beat him 20 times, I'm not quite sure if you can win the tournament. Maybe you can, maybe because there's a, a bonus in there. But I played I played Cinna for, and, and I beat her in the tournament. And um, we just did one game, and I think hers gave me 70-something, or maybe it was 90, I don't remember, but with a bonus it ended up being 128. And... Um, 128 times 20, I can see winning the thing, but not 77 or 74 or 70. So there's almost no incentive to play the NPCs to beat this. The NPCs are dramatically harder than somebody else because if I challenge, I challenge Cinna, she has 30 some odd cards. So when a rant, when a random comes up, she's got maybe a couple good cards and the rest, I've got 64. So of course, when we randomed, I got uh, Warrior of Light and then a bunch of like a bunch of two star cards. And, and and I won, and I can see how that is incredibly not fair, especially if you picked random people or you lined them up, people you knew. This this is so one-sided, and I'm not trying to talk from a salty place. I just know I can't do it even beating the king over and over. So something is something is really wrong. And please write me if there if that's incorrect because I don't really know the bonuses. I'm not willing to waste all my tournament tries on the king like I did the last time. So. I'm trying to figure out the math for myself, but it just, and that's the next point he makes. I'll let you continue, Yelta, but it just infuriates me that that's the way they set these things out. Well, and basically, if you don't win, you lose, right? So if you don't win the tournament, you get a thousand really MGP, a... and it, it's yeah. just, it's just like, why? Why, why did I could just go and play one match and then lose out and get my thousand instead of trying and bashing my head against NPCs trying to do it? So they're going to introduce a feature where players are rewarded with a generous amount of MGP based on their final tournament score. So this is going to keep people in the game, keep trying for real, right? So um, they're going to... And they did say that it's going to be based, like Yelta said, on the score. Not your rank against other players, but your score yourself. Correct? Right. That sounds... Yeah, it's, it's regardless of rank. And they intend to make other similar adjustments to provide greater incentive for participants to play through the end of the tournament. Well, and I like also this idea. I think they have like a new platinum pack they're wanting to add as part of the rewards. And to me, if the platinum pack gives you one of the 13 rare cards like Warrior of Light, Virion, Onion Knight, that, that kind of thing, that gives me incentive to do the tournament. Because I know doing the tournament, if I'm not in the top three, I'm not getting that card. So the last tournament, which was Lightning, I wasn't in the top three. I went nowhere close. Now the top three of the last one on Excalibur, I want to say probably we're like 1,800 or something like that. The top one is like 2,400 right now on Excalibur. So I don't know what math they – well, I guess because there's five more plays. But I don't know what math is involved for making that work again. But if I can't break 2,000, I have no chance of getting that platinum card. And when am I going to see uh, Cecil again? It, it, apparently there's four tournaments, and I had the 
the damn names posted and I erased them. But there's four different tournaments and it sounds like they'll just rotate again and again. So after spinners, it's like the Durai something and something else. And then it goes back to the one. There's like a Rowena, Rowena's Cup, there, I think, is the yeah. last one. And then it goes back to whatever the one was before with lightning card in it. So it'll be like these are the missing cards. I think it was um, uh, the first one's lightning and then this one's Cecil. And then we're looking for Firion. And what is the last one? I think it's um, the guy from 10, Bon, something like that. Maybe not. Anyway. Those will be spread out. I have no chance of getting that good card, and if those are the last cards I need, how am I ever going to break that? So if the Platinum Pack gives me a chance of getting one of those cards, hello, baby, I'm I'm ready. Bring it. (laughs) I'll I'll keep. I'll actually. I'm never going to win, so yeah, I I don't even know if I want to play. But if they can make these changes, maybe I'll actually want to sit down and. I, you know, actually participate. Right. If they make it something like if you score at least 1,500 or better, you're guaranteed a platinum pack. Hey, I will try. I know I may never get over 2,000. I'm never going to get 2,400 the way this thing's set up. But I I could maybe break 1,500 if I play the right NPC and I've got the right cards. Sure. Well, they are looking at uh, putting those in 2.55 patch, but if the introduction of those changes is deemed too risky. They will delay implementation into a later patch. Uh, there was a, a request to eliminate unfair collusion between players, right? That win trading shit we were talking about. Um, basically, I think they're not going to do anything about this. Uh, they're going to, I think, watch and see. I think... They think with the changes they're going to make from an earlier issue we talked about, they think people will stop win trading, win trading, because that, that you know won't be the best way to go about things anymore. Uh, they did talk about some of us talked about. Couldn't we just queue up in the duty finder, you know, randomly be matched with someone to play, which I think would be the you know coolest thing they're not looking at doing that uh currently the the match matching system of the duty finder does not doesn't support like one to one solo players yeah Yeah. They, they basically said it'd be real hard to do and would take a lot of time so but they do say their players have spoken and they're looking into designing an improved tournament system more tightly run competitions based on match victories that will make you know, use of some sort of matching feature someday. So please look forward to it, right? (laughs) It sounds like what they did with hunts. Uh, They implemented hunts badly. They put some top top tier goods uh, for reward in hunts. Everybody cheated and scrambled and all that got pissy and mad and you pulled too early and why didn't you wait for me and all that over hunts. And they spread out the rewards and didn't make everything so like, the god rewards being able to get through hunts only they spread everything out now to me hunts just seems like glamour fest you just do hunts to get some good glamour um and if they spread the rewards out on this um hopefully people won't be using underhanded tactics to try to get in the top three sounds good well triple tried isn't the only thing in the game uh we do have a dev blog we don't need any roads, which made me giggle. <laughs> I think this dev blog made me tweet, I take it all back. 
Uh, Bayoni gives us a bunch of uh, screenshots of the griffin you will get from using or buying the collector's edition. And it looks badass. They also showed us a actual photo of the Heavensward figurine, the physical one. That looks pretty cool. I'm kind of excited. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's it looks pretty neat. Yeah, I was honestly not really excited by the Griffin until I saw um, these pictures of it. Um, some of the poses and some of the shot screenshots of it from before... It looked a lot like the crappy starter one from WoW. I think we discussed that before. <laughs> yeah. But it looks much more detailed here. And it, it just... I, I'm much more excited about it now. It's pretty. It is pretty. And apparently Bayone wants to swoop down on Lalafels. Stop it. Do it. You're bad. You should feel bad. Stop oh, it. Knows. <laughs> yeah, he said swooping down from on high and scaring your prey is truly exhilarating. And he said he was going to swoop on Lalafels. That's not nice. So yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like the fly the flying is uh, easy to learn but fun to do. So I'm looking forward to that. And he mentions to go pre-order. So if you haven't, go oh, to it. That's me. He's talking to Ruby. Ruby, get at it. <laughs> All right. There was also some drug dev tracker. Dev tracker. Um, we'll go through them very quickly. Someone had a really cool idea. We've got barding to make our chocobos look war ready, festive, and dapper. But it'd be really cool if we could finally make them look professional. And she goes on to talk about um, perhaps, you know, like when you could get for mining, which would put some, you know, bags on your chocobo that had like mining gear and like maybe the fishing one would have like, you know, perhaps your spare rod hanging off of it or something. And that and that sounds really cool. And Grekama said, this is a great idea. I have forwarded along to the development team for consideration. Yeah, that's nothing huge or game breaking, but it's a really neat idea for an addition. Another really neat idea would be, as this person writes, it'd be real convenient if I could see MGP under the currency tab on my character view. I mean, I can see wolf marks and allied seals, but the new currency doesn't show here. Is it possible? And one of the other ones some of us talked about, actually, was could we, you know, when you click on your gill icon on your screen, it switches to grand company credits. Um, could we click it again and, and see maybe MGP? Grekomo writes, while it may not be in the exact spot you're referencing, we are considering making it easier than it is now to view all of your currency, including MGP, in one location. We've also heard some requests to make it, so clicking on your gill on the HUD will cycle through to MGP as well, but we don't have any plans for that at the moment. Sigh. Yeah, I just don't want to get too, too many types of currency. I, I, I just fear that coming because we had... All the different types of tombstones, and we have gill, and we have allied seals, and now we're going to have red and blue coins, and uh, I... They, they can't add a patch without I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, then we have a couple of chocobo racing uh, posts. It basically boils down to too long, don't read, didn't read, too much RNG in chocobo racing makes it extremely frustrating. Frustration is not good gameplay. 
Uh, I actually, since I'm unskilled, I actually like the RNG and chocobo racing, but I can see why it would get uh, unfun for some people. Kamate does reply, thanks for all the chocobo racing related feedback. We're currently at work at making a variety of balance adjustments, so hang in there just a bit longer. In addition to balance adjustments, we're also planning to lower the MGP cost of certain chocobo-related items. And are, we'll be looking into whether we can set up a system so that you can change the color of your racing chocobos. Yay! I mean, color-changing chocobos exists now, so, so yay. Uh, I don't know all the things they're talking about, but um, I, I do know that some of that random stuff is is pretty frustrating to a lot of people and uh some of that chocobo related stuff is very very expensive we talked about this in an earlier recording that really you you, you spend more mgp on chocobo racing than you gain so the next uh post was chocobo dash needs a nerf it's come to a point where all other abilities are inferior to dash. It helps you burst out of tricky situations like Briar, Shock, Silence, gets refreshed by Aether, usable when you're completely exhausted. In fact, you're at a complete disadvantage without it. Grekoma writes, It's a bit too early to provide specific details, but I want to inform everyone that the dev team is planning on making adjustments to abilities and items for Chocobo Racing. So... I truly hope they do something with Chocobo Dash because it really is far superior to other abilities. Now, I'm, I'm ignorant. I, is this one of the ones you can buy with MGP? No, this is one that, that is randomly given to you um, when you hit, what is it, 10 or 20? It's 10 or 20. Um, wh when you reach that level, rank it just automatically gives you a random one well like me right now i've run so many races against people with chocobo dash that i'm trying to get it i keep every time i get um an ability now i have to use my mgp to purchase an item to get rid of the ability and then rank up again in oh, order gross. to try to randomly get chocobo That's dash again horrible yes like I, i've told yelta she she's got several glamour items and several you know different outfits and things from from um from the gold saucer i have nothing i have purchased absolutely nothing because all my money goes back into either um chocobo racing trying to get this other ability or feeding my chocobo or occasionally i buy triple triad well then they should give it to well. you mandatory at 10 or let you buy it with mgp something where everybody is accessible to it yeah it's it's i don't mind getting the random um abilities however they have to be balanced it's just like any other portion of the game and this one is so exceedingly it's so it's overpowered yeah, it's, yep. it's totally overpowered it's broken essentially um that there's just no there's just no use in raising a chocobo without having it And that's unfun. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right, it's last call. Order your last round, guys. Any last comments? Discussion? I, want, I, I found something cute today, and I wanted to do a shout-out. Um, there is 
a comic called Life in Agro. It's www.lifeinagro.com. And the last couple of comics they did are related to Final Fantasy XIV. So I just wanted to say everyone should go take a look at that. Um, the March 22nd one is fantastic. And there's one a little further back that's pretty darn good too. But if you're looking for a game-related comic, there's a couple up there. Lifeandagro.com. Very cool. I did giggle reading those. Ruby, any last last things? Not not game-related. I mean, I, I love the interviews. I'm glad for the new knowledge that came out of the Yoshida stuff. I'm looking forward to what's coming out. Um, I'm just real happy that, you know, we've, we've gotten some listeners out of the podcast and we're still growing. We've got some new stuff coming. We're going to get some, some more things out, logos, graphics, all kinds of stuff and, and really make a big push. So, you know, thank, thank you all for listening up to this point. Um, and we hope to bring more to the future. Very good. Uh, yes, I, I'm going to echo, echo Ruby Khan's, uh, mention, uh, and let us know you're out there. You know, like us on SoundCloud. Send us some comments. All right, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can find us on Twitter at GTFFXIV. You can email us at GTFFXIV at gmail.com. Our recordings can be found on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash GTFFXIV. It's time to do our personal plugs. Kariri, any personal plugs? Uh, just my Twitter. I'm at Kariri Sumasu. That's K-A-R-I-R-I-S-U-M-A-S-U. Rubicon, how about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rubicon Vale. R-U-B-I-C-O-N-V-A-L-E. And you can find me on Twitter as well at Yelta Sumasu. Y-E-L-T-A-S-U-M-A-S-U. Until next time we gather together... Good night. Good night. Good night.